Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello, welcome in. Today edition of the program, a lot of disappointment in the IU baseball game last night. The Hoosiers fall short to Kentucky after a really strong start to the weekend down in Lexington. It uh, came crashing down Monday, a 4-2 loss as Kentucky headed on to the Super Regional. And Indiana will miss out on their first Super Regional opportunity in about a decade. So uh, definitely uh, a key loss for Indiana last night. Still a strong season for the baseball Hoosiers. And so we'll cover all that today here in just a moment. And a little drama around the game last night, really around all of the games this weekend involving Indiana and Kentucky. And we found out last night that there will not be any more Indiana-Kentucky rivalry baseball series another key series in sports coming to a close because of i really don't understand it so we'll talk more about that today Uh, also lots to get to from an iu perspective indiana football got an interesting in-state commitment uh, recently as well a couple iu basketball things to mention and a really strange situation around indiana state baseball They had an unbelievable opportunity to host a Super Regional after defeating Iowa on Sunday to win their very own regional, but they've turned down the opportunity to host the Super Regional, and they are going to go on the road. Now, a regional is multiple teams, four teams. A Super Regional is two teams to a best-of-three series. So does not make a lot of sense. You would think that any school, no matter what they had to do, get together, volunteers, whatever it may take, would figure out how to host potentially a maximum of three games between two schools. But Indiana State, with this historic season and all the momentum they've got coming into the Super Regional, the chance to host it as well as the higher seed, unbelievable that they turn it down. There are a lot of people in Terre Haute confused and unhappy with this decision. So we'll we'll look into that a little bit as well today also. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. What I just mentioned, some of that is what we'll cover in the opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will drop in with Mike. We'll recap the IU-Kentucky game from last night. We'll talk IU basketball, probably get into some IU football today with Mike when he's with us on the show. And that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into some of these headlines of the day here in segment one. First, let me remind you, the Thornton's text line is open. The number is 502 414 
1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question, a comment, you want to sound off on something about the baseball game last night, IU basketball, whatever it may be, the number for you to text is 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher, to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line. Also, the Big Exports Radio golf card available with Father's Day just around the corner. It's a great Father's Day gift. This year's card features Park Mammoth down in Kentucky, Old Capitol Golf Club in Cordon, Elk Run in Jeffersonville, Valley View in Floyd's Knobs, Wooded View in Clarksville, and Christmas Lake down in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round using the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited, but you can get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com. Again, BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Let's look into some headlines from last night. First off, IU baseball falling short in the NCAA regional championship game. I wasn't surprised. I said it a couple times yesterday. I thought it was going to be a very tough game for Indiana. The Hoosiers had a lot of momentum on Saturday when they beat Kentucky, but it still took some, I don't want to say luck, but it it was a nip-and-tuck affair. Sunday, in a game where Indiana could clinch the championship uh, with being in the championship game with no losses, they got waxed by 10 runs, 16-6 by the Wildcats. So last night with the crowd, another record crowd at Kentucky Proud Park, which is a great stadium for college baseball, uh, you knew the pressure was going to be on for the Hoosiers, and it was as they lost 4-2 to the regional host. So, you know, Indiana got off to a good start, an early single, an early lead, I should say, behind a single from Philip Glasser, then an RBI double from Bobby Whalen. Uh, Indiana was looking good in the top of the first inning, but that's where things began to fall apart as Indiana's offense would shudder the rest of the way or slow down the rest of the way, giving Kentucky the opportunity to go on and get the victory. IU baseball finishes 43-20 and on the season, and with the season now a wrap, you can think ahead to next year. This Indiana team under Coach Mercer's got some young talent. They should have some bright seasons ahead of them. One thing that will not happen when future seasons for Coach Mercer and IU Baseball, there will not be an Indiana-Kentucky rivalry series. After the game, Coach Mercer down in Lexington said that Kentucky is unwilling to play in Bloomington, and that is what's going to stop the the border series, at least put it on pause for now. Mercer said, quote, Kentucky canceled the series last year. Kentucky and Indiana is no longer a series. They called and canceled it. So it's the last time we're playing unless we play in the postseason. They asked if we wanted to keep coming down to Lexington. I'm not coming down here without a return trip, so it's done. So, again, you hate to see that. Baseball, there is no excuse for this rivalry game not to happen. The two schools are within a very reasonable distance of each other. Uh, there are plenty of games, plenty of non-conference opportunities in baseball, unlike football where you have just a narrow few opportunities and basketball where the opportunities are often dictated by other events and uh, TV and things of that nature. 
No excuse for this game not to happen in baseball. And disappointing to learn last night that it appears officially uh, to have come to a close. Of course, there was a lot of excitement throughout the series uh, over the weekend, or I should say the regional over the weekend, mainly around the fact that there were a lot of hit batters earlier in some of the earlier games and just seemed to be maybe some off-the-field drama between the two uh, schools as well. One of the assistant coaches from Indiana uh, and uh, a little Twitter battle with the Kentucky head coach, I understand. But Indiana baseball, Kentucky baseball, that game, a series, will not be happening unless they meet in the postseason, it sounds like. So uh, that's one you can scratch off. Be, uh, always look forward to that. Indiana-Louisville in baseball is great. I went to that game this year. I think IU and Kentucky is great, but you can scratch that one off. It will not happen next season or for the foreseeable future, according to what Coach Mercer had to say last night. One other baseball note while we're talking about the College World Series, and I know it's funny, we never talk baseball or IU baseball very, very little. Maybe late in the year we started kind of keeping up with them a bit, but the college baseball postseason is fun. It's addictive. The games yesterday were great. It was a wonderful weekend of baseball, and because of some weather, because of some if games that had to be played on Monday, you got kind of an extra bonus day. It wasn't just one or two games like normal. It was a loaded day on Monday of uh, some big-time baseball with the winners moving on to the Super Regionals. Now that that's over with, everybody's excited about the upcoming Super Regionals. And how about Indiana State, who I think every Indiana fan, anybody living in this area, should adopt after the Hoosiers bowed out on Monday night. Indiana State going to match up with TCU. Indiana State, the higher seed, so they should get the opportunity to host the Super Regional. They had that opportunity, but according to an announcement from the school, they chose to bypass the chance to be a host, and instead Indiana State will go on the road and they will play down in um, Fayetteville, I believe is the, the site of the Super Regional. So, uh, yeah, Fayetteville, Arkansas, that's where they will match up with TCU in the regional. So uh, unbelievable that uh, this opportunity uh, has been passed up. The Sycamores said they would not meet NCAA lodging requirements to meet the Super Regional, among other factors. It says the host institution must make reservations for the visiting team within 30 miles of the ballpark. Terre Haute doesn't have a lot of hotels to choose from is one of the reasons. And also the Indiana Special Olympics are taking place in Terre Haute this weekend. It's hard to believe that hotels, college dorms, Whatever it takes to make this happen, you couldn't find a way. I know there are a lot of people, especially on social media, Indiana State fans, Indiana State supporters that are not happy with this decision. A once-in-forever opportunity, perhaps, to host an NCAA baseball super regional, and it's not going to happen. The school put up a note uh, on uh, on their social media account yesterday, and it's been absolutely getting um, lambasted by its fans in response. So, uh, wow, surprising to see that. I get Terre Haute doesn't have the hotels that other areas have. I get that uh, Indiana uh, Special Olympics, a great event taking place there. But you would think with this Indiana State baseball program being a very solid team all season long and with the school set out to host a uh, regional and uh, the opportunity looked like they definitely would get the chance to host, uh, you would think that there would be some 
pre-planning to perhaps go ahead and book some rooms or make alternate arrangements so that Indiana State could play this Super Regional on their home field. So that was a surprise to see that headline come out last night that uh, Indiana State not going to host the Super Regional in Terre Haute. Also, a couple IU football notes. Indiana got a commitment yesterday from a Danville, Indiana prospect. His name is Evan Lawrence, an in-state player. He is the number uh, fifth commit for Tom Allen and his uh, staff in this 2024 recruiting cycle. He had a lot of interest, a number of schools interested in him, but uh, picked uh, Indiana and the Big Ten Conference. I read a couple reports from the different national football recruiting guys. They think that he's a very intriguing prospect. So Indiana and Coach Allen, it seems, have got a good player in state to head to Bloomington after his senior year of high school football. And how about this? Indiana football legends Antoine Randall L. and Vaughn Dunbar have been on or named to the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. So they are going to be on the ballot, and they will become only the seventh uh, IU football players ever uh, to be on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. So uh, big opportunity there. Uh, the organization, the College Football Hall of Fame, announced that on Monday. If either Randall L. or Dunbar are selected, they will become the seventh and potentially eighth ever football Hoosier to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame. Of course, former Indiana star running back Anthony Thompson, he was the last IU player to earn enough votes for Hall of Fame enshrinement, and that took place back in 2007. So it's been a while for the Hoosiers football team. Let's hope that Randall L., and uh, Dunbar have an opportunity not only to be on the ballot, but perhaps to get voted in to the actual Hall of Fame this year. One other note in IU basketball, another name to pass along, 2025 class, so guys that are going to be juniors for next season, Indiana offered Preston Copeland over the weekend. He is from North Carolina, got an offer he announced from Indiana on Sunday evening. Uh, and he was in Indiana over the weekend. He played at the Crossroads Elite Camp, which is a gathering of some of the best underclassmen in the country. Copeland is six foot eight. He attends Raleigh Christian High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Interesting Big Ten connection. Copeland is the brother of former Nebraska player Isaac Copeland, who averaged just about 13 points a game in the 17-18 season and then 14 points for the Huskers in the 18-19 season. So there is a connection uh, to the Big Ten Conference with Copeland and his family. Also, a connection between the Copeland family and the IU staff. Isaac transferred after three years at Georgetown to attend Nebraska, where he played for IU assistant coach Kenya Hunter, who was an assistant at both of those programs. So it sounds like there's a strong connection between Kenya Hunter, IU associate head coach, and also Preston Copeland, his brother, his family. So we'll see how the recruitment plays out. Still pretty open. Indiana, Georgetown, Nebraska, the three high major programs that have offered Copeland to this point. So he's familiar with all three of those schools. He also got an offer yesterday from Xavier. He's not in any of the national rankings in the 2025 class. And there's not a lot out there on him so far. I was looking him up uh, from some of his spring highlights here this uh, this 2023 calendar year, but not a lot out there. A young player, an unknown prospect, Indiana getting involved with early. We'll see how it plays out. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We will head to a commercial break. We'll be back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. 
We'll recap IU-Kentucky baseball. We'll also talk about the end of the Indiana-Kentucky baseball series. We'll get into basketball and football and cover a lot of ground with Mike Schumann coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. couple of texts to get to. Uh, texter says, any way to catch yesterday's show and podcast, not seeing it available anywhere. Looks like it's available uh, as all podcasts are on our feed. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us just about anywhere that podcasts are up there. And here's a good one. This says, why does WXVW have a Kentucky show on in the morning? It's a waste of airspace. They do nothing but bash Indiana and make fun of the people on the next on the text line. Justin, who's the producer of this show as well, Justin trying to stick up for us, but he was outnumbered, no longer playing them in any sport is no great loss. First off, the Kentucky roll call guys before us Great guys, big Kentucky guys. They have an entertaining show. I enjoy listening, but don't let it bother you. It's just a rivalry, and that's how they do things, and there's nothing wrong with that. They have an outstanding show, a great loyal fan base. They pick at Indiana. They pick at other schools, but just part of it. Justin Kalen is a great guy, a great producer, and he does stick up for Indiana, but don't let that bother you. Those are good guys, and they have a good following here on the Big X. and glad to be teammates with them. Also, uh, no longer playing Kentucky in any sport is no great loss. I I disagree with that. I think that great rivalries are what make high school and college sports so very special. And uh, the Indiana-Kentucky baseball game was one that I paid attention to every year, regardless how good the Hoosiers were or if they had a chance to make you know, the uh, regional or make a run maybe to Omaha. But uh, I'll miss that game, and it's sad that it's gotten to that point, to be quite honest. So, But thank you both for the text. If you've got something you'd like to sound off or a question you'd like to ask, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Right now, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest, and we'll talk baseball with Mike before we get into basketball and other stuff. But, Mike, I do think for baseball fans, and really just for the states in general, uh, losing the IU-Kentucky baseball series is a bad thing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Matt. I mean, I I compliment your station for having a Kentucky show right there on the border. I mean, that's kind of the spirit of what this is all about is, you know, recognizing that rivalries are good for sports. We should embrace them, and we should certainly actually play the rivalry games and not just get rid of all competition between two border schools in in the main men's sports like, like they apparently have. It's just silly. The fans want these games. I know I know there's fans on both sides that will pretend like they don't want the games, but they all do want the games. They want 
the uh, teams to compete against each other. You don't you don't need any more evidence than the fact that the uh, Kentucky set their two home attendance records in, in twice over the weekend against Indiana. That that's not a coincidence. It's because it's what fans on both sides want to see, and for these administrators in, in both schools to allow these games to not happen because of what I believe is just egos getting in the way of, you know, what's good for the schools and competition and fans and ultimately college sports, I think is just silly. Yeah, I agree. Good take. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier with us here on this Tuesday show. You can read Mike's work at the dailyhoosier.com at daily underscore Hoosier on social media. He's a good follow there. Mike, before we talk about the game last night, what, what's going on between the Indiana and Kentucky programs? A lot of hit batters over the weekend. There was a little bit of social media bannering back and forth. Does it all surround this series where Kentucky wouldn't come to Bloomington, or is there more to it than what we know or may ever know? Yeah, I don't know too much behind the scenes. I mean, obviously it, it plays right into the, the prior point there that, you know, <laughs> you know, as much as people get fired up about this stuff, that that's what's good for sports. I mean, obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt getting hit by pitches and stuff like that. But, you know, all those little storylines going on both behind the scenes and playing out on the field that, that we've seen over the last few days, that's what you want. That's what makes people excited to go to games, pay money, you know, do do all the things that are necessary for college sports to sur- survive, especially the um, non-revenue sports or, or the non-profit sports, uh, which, you know, baseball can be for at least some schools. So um, you, you're right that there was a lot going on there. That The hit-by-pitch stuff, you know, is weird. There was some talk about, you know, Kentucky kind of almost practicing that, you know, because – I don't know if it's because Indiana has a reputation for, you know, pitching the inside of the strike zone or what the deal was. But but obviously when the, when the numbers get that high, I think it was like 16 hit, hit batters over the course of a few games. There, there's probably storylines going both ways in terms of that. But, yeah, a lot of chippiness over over the last few days, no doubt about that. But, but again, to the prior point, I, I think that's great. I think that's what you want to see. That, that's what gets people excited, and that's why we like sports. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Another text on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, I think IU's coach left the starting relief pitcher in too long, had over 90 pitches, and put him out for another inning in which the wheels fell off. Let's talk some about that game last night. Mike, the Hoosiers, after getting routed 16-6 on Sunday, they had some good offense rolling early in that game, and then things fell apart from there. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and I think for IU, it, it really, you know, this is going to sound like an excuse, but it really goes all the way back to that West Virginia game when they had their, their starting pitcher get hurt, you know, very early in that game. They went into the bullpen quickly and, and used some guys that they probably would have saved for, for later games. And it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, that that's not to suggest that they, they would have had a different outcome but but it, it did have an impact on at least the way they plan to go into the week um and you know indiana all season long got to where they were because of their bats and their bats just went quiet as you suggested last night after a, a good encouraging start they, they had a five inning run there where they could just um but they had plenty going but they couldn't push anybody across the plate um, a lot of a lot of scoring opportunities but but really couldn't produce when when, when they had players in scoring position and that's ultimately what did them in last night 
All right, uh, talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, let's transition into some basketball stuff before we get to football as well. Busy time for Trace Jackson Davis. He's getting a lot of workouts, uh, the Pacers most recently. And I know anytime an IU player or former IU player works out for the Pacers, there's a big charge from the fan base on social media to try to find a way and get said player. Trace Jackson Davis to the Pacers, given his connection uh, to the Indianapolis area and, of course, to this state, it would be almost like a match made in heaven, but I don't know if it can play out that way or not. Yeah, and, and I think you know probably from both sides, you you only want that to happen if it truly is a good fit, and, and you know you truly think it's going to work out because otherwise there's going to end up being bad blood that emanates from that. I mean, you know we we've seen it before. You know, Damon Bailey comes to mind, and and there's times when it the Pacers haven't drafted IU players where the fans get frustrated, but you don't want a situation where. The Pacers draft a, a former IU player, and then it just doesn't go well because you know that that's not going to be a good answer for the Pacers. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to make a kind of a PR move to, to get a famous or well liked player like Jackson Davis just to you know bring in fan interest because if it doesn't turn out well in the long run, um, you know that's going to probably work against them. So I think for both sides, I mean Trace just needs the, the best opportunity where a team has a a need for his specific skill set. He did talk yesterday about, you know, guys that, that he thought, you know, were similar to him that had success in the NBA, like a DeMontis Sabonis or, or Drayvon Green. Um, you know, so, so I think, you know, he, he sees his role and it's just a question of finding a team. And, and I, you know, at least from my perspective, I, I don't have a strong feeling about him going to the Pacers. I you just want to see him, find a place where, where he's needed, where he fits, and can stick and have a, a good career because I think he's really elevated himself over the, over the last year and really has an opportunity to, to have a nice NBA career if, if he can become a consistent three-point shooter, which he's showing flashes of being able to do that. Part of the fun about the draft, even when there's not IU guys involved, is to learn about the future of the NBA to see where some of these guys go. And I like paying attention to some of the mock drafts. There are so many out there now. Uh, that I'd really kind of just pick a select few that I believe in or follow. Uh, so I'm curious where Trace Jackson Davis is actually going to land. There's still some time between now and the draft later this month, but some people believe he's going to be a first-rounder, albeit late in the first round, and others from the very get-go have held steady that he definitely is a second-round pick. Depending on who you want to believe or who you look at, you can find reasons to buy both of those sides on where TJD may go. Yeah, there's no doubt there's a very wide range uh, anywhere, as you say, from late first round to, to late second round. You know, you'll you'll talk to some people that say they're not even sure he'll get drafted. And, and the reason for the the wide range is because it's it's not really like a, um, a mock draft ultimately, and it's not like a, uh, a, a power ranking of players. It, it's a specific fit for a specific team. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and things happen in front of those teams that they have to adapt to during the during the draft. So, so it, it you know there's probably only a handful of teams that would actually take him based on their own needs right now. And so it's just going to come down to whether or not they, they decide to do that and and what happens in front of them that continues to make him a, a good fit on draft day. So, but the, I think that's why the wide range, you know, because he's a unique guy, he's a unique skill set. He's not like the prototype. 
you know, six six wing who can make threes, can score at all three levels, and play defense. Um, so, so I think that makes makes for a wide range and could make for a pretty interesting draft day. I would definitely recommend fans start paying attention for Trace late in the first round, but you could be waiting a while to see his name called. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Keeping it with the NBA draft, Jalen hood Shafino. he also is drawing some pretty good remarks as the draft coming up here later this month. Interesting, I think, is hood Shafino, and you and I have had this similar conversation before, but a number of these guys that Indiana are recruiting, uh, they have referenced hood Shafino and his ability to go from IU to the NBA and the coach's ability at Indiana to work with him and mold him into an NBA player. I think Jalen Huchifino, more than Trace Jackson Davis and maybe even others from IU that have went the NBA route and had that opportunity, he's going to be a guy that really sticks and helps the recruiting side of things for Indiana just based on some of the early comments from recruits that obviously are paying close attention to his development and where he's at, where he could be in the NBA. There's just no doubt about that. That's been one of the things that has really stood out to me you know, going to recruiting events this spring is just how many times his name comes up. I mean, it felt like one of those kind of throwaway comments, you know, Jalen Hutchfino wasn't a clear NBA guy coming to IU. Now he's one and done and potentially a lottery pick. That's good for IU. That that sounds like it makes sense to say, um, but actually hearing it over and over throughout the spring and not just point guards um you know Liam McNeely who's who's a probably at best described as a combo forward or a uh, point forward if you, if you prefer um you know a guy that's just not going to have the same role as Hitchino at all all wherever he goes um he, he's said to me multiple times that 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 really stood out to him you know the how he developed that how Hitchino developed in Indiana how he was utilized you know, went to the same program at Montverde, so there's a connection there. Um, so, so it's up and down uh, the, the the list of prospects for Indiana in terms of taking notice. Um, but that's what these guys are looking for. If you if you want to recruit at a top 25, top 50 level, they all believe that they could, you know, in the right situation, be one and done and go to the league. Whether or not it's realistic. Um, whether or not it's actually going to happen is a different conversation. They all believe it, and so they want to see it. They want to see somebody else do it, and, and once they see it, it, you know that location becomes attractive. So right now we're at that kind of potential tipping point where Indiana could become a a destination school. They haven't quite done it, you know. I think Trace's development as a senior really helped as well along with Jalen season. But you get two guys drafted uh, in, in a couple weeks. Um, you bring in a massive class of 2024, 20, then then you have tipped it, and then all of a sudden Indiana becomes one of those schools that, that is a destination school. But we're clearly right there at that tipping point where people are talking about it, they've noticed, and it could go either way at this point, depending on kind of how next season plays out and if momentum can continue. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU basketball in the NBA draft with obviously Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis both involved in those processes. Mike, moving on to recruiting, Joey Hart has been the name of the week. It's so funny. I've watched him play so many times. I have followed his high school success. I've followed his recruitment. He committed to the University of Central Florida. It seemed like a great fit. He always was a player that drew high major interest, but 
you never knew if that exactly was the right place for him. But all of a sudden, after a decommitment from UCF, now Kentucky and Indiana and Texas and others are trying to make a move on him late in this recruiting process. Can you unpack some of that for us and tell us about Joey Hart as a player, how he got to this situation where Indiana, Kentucky are battling for him? I believe he was at Indiana yesterday and is supposed to be at Kentucky later this week. And could he really play and help at this level? Yeah, I, I think he definitely could. I mean, he, he's a guy, I mean, don't forget UCF is going to the the Big 12 here very soon. So that, that actually was a high major commitment when, when he made that commitment. And he had offers and interest from the likes of Northwestern and Butler and others at the time that, that he committed there. So um, he was already a guy that was right there, you know, coming into his senior year as a high major prospect or a fringe high major prospect, if you will. But but he really did a lot to kind of elevate his, his profile during his senior year. He led Linton Stockton to the 2A state finals, averaged 24 a game, shot 41% from, from three-point range. And, and on the Under Armour circuit playing for Grand Park Premier, he was one of the best scores on that circuit i i believe he led the entire circuit in scoring in in april of last year and, and he was one of the best three-point shooters as well and the thing that people don't realize about him that haven't watched him a lot is he's a pretty darn good athlete as well i mean he he gets to the rim gets a lot of dunks i mean he, he reminds me a lot of Trey Galloway from an athleticism standpoint but he's also you know already an elite volume shooter so I, I think there's a lot to like there. It, it's surprising just because, you know, he kind of forgot about him after he committed to UCF. It's surprising to see, you know, IU and Kentucky involved now. But but it's also not because he's always been that guy that was kind of right there on the fringe of, you know, having this kind of college attention. And, and it's going to be real interesting to see how things play out. I will say, I don't know how things are going to play out with Indiana, but in terms of, you know, having that one opening on their roster – he, he seems like a really good fit for what they need uh, going forward. Not, having said that, I don't know how much he could come in and produce. As, as a freshman, that might be a lot to ask. But, but just pure need-based, what, what the roster is missing, I, I think he's a pretty good fit. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Another name for IU basketball and recruiting, and you wrote about him earlier this week, Preston Copeland. He doesn't have a lot of interest right now. He's got Georgetown, Indiana, and Nebraska. And really, it's because he's got ties to all three of those programs. Also, a lot of great ties to the IU coaches, specifically Coach Hunter. I mentioned this in our first segment today, talking about scholarship offers. But it seems like Indiana really early involved with Preston Copeland. Lots of connections there. You wonder if uh, Indiana would be an early front runner for him and what kind of player he might blossom into. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I don't know too much about him. I've not seen him in person. Uh, just kind of came on to came to my attention this weekend as well. I think this is second year in a row Indiana has brought in a kid from an event in Plainfield. There's an event over this past weekend called the Crossroads Elite Invitational, which is a like a national weekend of the top underclassmen in the country. He was in town for that and made a trip down to Bloomington immediately thereafter, which is where he met with the staff and got the offer. They did that with Asa Newell last year, who um, is a top 20-24 prospect for IU. Um, so 
don't know too much about him other than you know what what I mentioned in the article that he's the younger brother of a former Nebraska player Isaac Copeland, who played for Kenya Hunter when when Hunter was an assistant there at Nebraska, um, and, and since Indiana has offered, I think his uh, tour of the Midwest has continued. He's reported offers from Xavier and Cincinnati. Uh, presumably on his way back home to North Carolina. He's made stops there as well. So I, I think he's just seems like a guy that's kind of on the verge right now of a breakout. You know, he's not in the rankings, but I've seen this play out a million times. You know, when when high majors start offering unranked kids, they, they are in the next round of ranking updates, uh, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen with him. Mike, uh, is it possible, and this came up earlier in the week, is it possible that with Indiana being involved for so many high school players right now that maybe the 2024 or even 2025 classes as well uh, could be where Indiana's focus for future seasons and maybe not as much on the transfer portal the next couple summers? Do you have that feel? Or with the way college basketball works these days and so many players coming and going, is it possible to even have that thought or think that that's maybe what the coaches are doing because ultimately there is a lot of movement. Yeah, I think it's the latter. It's really hard to know. And I think especially when you're recruiting at the highest levels of, of high school, bringing in, you know, five-star talent, that's going to create a churn naturally. I think that's part of what's going on with Kentucky right now, in my opinion, is, you know, you got those kind of those nine through 13 guys on your roster that see the next batch of guys coming in that are, you know, you know, I don't know how they view it, but it's obviously going to be some healthy competition that they may not may not be able to overcome. Um, and, it, you know, we're just seeing a lot of those type of players in those eight, nine to 13 spots go go to the portal. And so I think as long as you have that, you're, you're going to have a churn everywhere, including at IU. I mean, each of the last two years, IU has had several guys going to the portal, you know, for various reasons, various stories. But ultimately, I think playing time, uh, better opportunities has been part of the story. And I think that will continue. So I, I think they're just going to have a balance of, you know, you know, if you get a five-star, like like someone like William McNeely, how long is he going to stay? You have no idea if he's a one- or two-year guy. So you're going to have to just remain very nimble each year. And, you know, what I think I'm seeing is that that's the sweet spot for the staff with Woodson. He seems to be very good at, at being nimble, bringing in guys from the portal or short-term recruitments like we saw with Mbako and Malik Renew and others. Um, so it that in and of itself seems like a pretty good sweet spot for Indiana in this new world of recruiting that we're in. Yeah, definitely a new world of recruiting. That's a very fair uh, term for sure. Mike, IU football, let's squeeze that in quickly before we let you go. Saw the Hoosiers got an in-state commitment from a Danville, Indiana player named Evan Lawrence in the 2024 class. We've talked a little bit about the excitement or lack thereof for IU football next season. With all of that going and the results from last season, how is recruiting going for Tom Allen and the football Hoosiers? Uh, it's definitely started slow in 2024. I mean, there was a point where they were the only Big Ten team without a 2024 commit up until a month or two ago. They've got five now in the class. I mean, none of which I would say are like high-profile, you know, four- and five-star types uh, that this latest guy that you mentioned uh, Evan Lawrence from Danville is not ranked kind of similar story to the Preston Copeland on the basketball side where you know I feel like they they got in early you know he he's a local kid that uh, you know got a 
offer from Indiana and jumped on it immediately, but, you know, ha- has a high ceiling. Um, so, you know, you know, Tom Howland alluded to this back in November, I think it was, you know, again, new world of recruiting with NIL and everything else going on. It, it's changed things for them, too, and, and right now it seems like it, it's pretty challenging for them in terms of getting – to where they were even in the class of 2022 with a bunch of four stars that to, to this point we haven't seen that but there's still a long way to go mike schumann the daily hoosier he's with us tuesdays here on the show read his work the daily at daily underscore hoosier on social media mike thank you so much and let's see baseball over football still a few months away basketball's a long time away i guess it's recruiting and things of that nature this summer because uh, IU baseball out, and uh, we're slowed down all the way around on sports now. Yeah, we're, we're all in on recruiting until August when fall camp starts. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, thank you. We'll head to a commercial break here on this Tuesday program and come back and get you ready for baseball semi-states this weekend. Silver Creek headed to the semi-state. We'll have that call here on the Big X, at least to start on the Big X, I believe, coming up this weekend. But more about the semi-states, the pairings, and some local stuff coming your way after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Real quick segment here to wrap up our Tuesday program. Silver Creek Baseball, they're at the 3A semi-state at Southridge, which I tell you what, what a neat opportunity for Silver Creek players and fans. They're going to play at Historic League Stadium in Huntingburg. It is a really, really cool place. The first game in that semi-state begins at, begins at 11 a.m. Eastern. That is Indianapolis Chittard. They will take on Tri-West Hendricks, and then Silver Creek gets Evansville Memorial in the 2 p.m. game. The winners will connect for the right to move on to the 3A state championship game and represent 3A South at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. We'll be there, P.K. Falkenstein and myself. will bring you the broadcast of Silver Creek Evansville Memorial. I don't know for sure. I think that's going to be on the Big X, the 2 o'clock game. I'm assuming the evening game because of Bats Baseball will be on another station. We'll get those details out to you here in the next day or so, but we will be following Silver Creek Baseball on the radio this weekend, and uh, what a great place. When I saw the potential uh, sites for semi-states in the south, I was hoping that South Ridge would potentially be where the uh, Dragons went, just because of how neat the stadium is. Uh, just a great place, and uh, that's where the Dragons will try to win one game to get to the final championship, which is the final four, really, in their class, and, of course, uh, win two gets them back to victory field for the opportunity to play for a state championship. Also, uh, the Pangos All-American Camp is going on right now out in Las Vegas. And it's an event that I've always followed over the years. I know Dinos Tragonis, who created the event many years ago, 
And it started because there really was no place to get the top players in the country together in this new shoe world, regardless of shoe company. And he did it. He slowly has built a really good environment, a really good reputation. And this All-American camp brings in not all, but a lot of the top players in the country, regardless of who their shoe affiliation is. So it's a it's a neat opportunity, kind of old school opportunity to get the best of the best together. And a lot of guys out there right now with uh, Indiana connections as far as being recruited by the Hoosiers. Boogie Fland is one of the players who is out there. Of course, up next for him after the Pangos camp comes to a close is an official visit uh, at Indiana over the weekend. So some big names coming in for the Hoosiers this weekend and a lot of really big names out at that Pangos All-America camp right now in Las Vegas. So that's something else to keep an eye on. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll be back with you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week, always at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget the Big X Sports Radio golf card is available. A lot of Southern Indiana courses on the card. Old Capitol, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake, and of course Park Mammoth. That's the one course down in Kentucky. You can get one today for Father's Day. Great gift. BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier.